Welcome to the audio podcast of The Father's House. We hope and pray that you are both challenged and encouraged by this time in the Word. Uh, Welcome to our our series. Welcome to our campaign. Welcome to our future of beyond. And we're going to launch this today and talk about what God has for us as a church as we move into the future. And let me just say right out the gate that God has not called you to live in a place that is static, a place of simply survival, or just the mundane routine of life. When God calls you, he calls you to the greater things that you have yet to experience. You are to go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So if you were right here last year at this level of faith, God has a new spot for you to stand on this coming year. That's the way it works. And so it's also true of our church that God never intended us, uh, in, intended for us to say at a certain size or a certain space. But as you've watched what God has done over the last 26 years, he keeps expanding us to other states and campuses and prison church network and Father's House Church Network. And so his kingdom expands. It's, it's what it does. And we get to be a part of that. And so you were given, um, one of the ushers told me we might have ran out. So if you didn't get one of these journey guides, did everybody get one of these today? Just wave it at me real quick. All right. You got one. Thanks, bro. Uh, We want you to put your name in that and and just have some ownership. And let me just say a little something about this book. Our staff has worked hard and it's a journey guide because it's going to guide all of us in the next several weeks on a journey. A journey of faith, a journey of generosity, a journey of building something for ministry that's yet to come. So uh, I want you to keep this with you. There's a spot to take sermon notes in there. You can find that. There's a lot of great quotes. There's daily devotionals. There's small group discussions. And so uh, for those that weren't here today, we'll be passing them out every week. Just make sure everyone has one in their hand. And we're going to go on a journey together. Now, if you've been around the church for a while... um, We've had a pretty good run over the last 26 years. We really have. God has done some amazing things. And when I think right now, we have, I was just checking with all of our campus, uh, excuse me, our church plant pastors from Orange County, Oakland, San Francisco, Natoma, Elk Grove, and they're all just thriving. Just so you know, all the church plants are healthy, busting at the seams. Right now, they're running over 800 people in the middle of San Francisco, Pastor Tim and Robin Biddle, which is phenomenal. And so we've done five church plants, six if you count the one you're sitting in. Uh, We also have five campuses different than the church plants uh, that live stream. And by the way, our Slavic uh, campus, our Russian-speaking services, they just went to two services in Roseville under Pastor Vladimir. And so God's just, there's just fruit on what we're doing. As you know, we're in all 35 prisons across the state of California, men's prisons. Now we just went into, uh, we're in the women's prisons. And uh, so our goal is to have a live campus at all those prisons. And we're on a pretty good clip right now. As we sit here today, we have seven live campuses. That's a campus pastor, a community gathering in the prisons. And we have four more online to fire up in May. And so God's just continuing to move. We also have two other states that are interested in what the template that we built for the Prison Church Network. So we're talking to Oregon and Arizona about taking Prison Church Network into other states and places. Come on, somebody. So God's, God's doing some big stuff, but the mantra, it's on the wristbands, it's on the book, it's on the t-shirts, you know, God's not done. It's like, hey, yeah, you did good. Why don't you just kind of hang out here and maintain? A life of just maintaining where you are is a life that's frustrating. 
It's a life where uh, you get disillusioned with the future if you just go into maintenance mode because God has not created you that way. And so uh, a year or so ago, we saw that our nation and the church was coming out of the, the pandemic era, thank God. People were getting back in society. The church was starting to gather again. Our services were getting full. And so we had some leadership meetings with our lead team and began to talk and pray and discuss what is next. What are the areas God would have us to reach? And where are the ministries that, that uh, God wants us to expand that are not here yet? And those are great conversations, by the way. Let me just tell you, you don't want to be a part of a church where the leaders are sitting around going, okay, Bob, how do we keep the lights on another month? You know, how do we just kind of maintain and keep the bills paid? No, we're not about that. If you're here and you're part of the Father's house, we are all about reaching, expanding, reaching more people, going to the next. We're all about living in the beyond, not the maintain what's here now. And so as we're having these discussions, uh, God dropped this, this phrase, this mantra in our heart, God's not done. You know, there is a move of God happening in the earth right now. And uh, next week, uh, I just finished a book. It'll, it'll come out, and I want to get it in your hands. It, it's a, really a prayer for God to do it in our day. So the Holy Spirit is moving. We're getting teed up right now for the greatest harvest in the history of mankind, and we get to be a part of that. But let's prepare for it. Let's get our faith up. Let's stretch right now for what God is going to do in the future because he wants to do some big things. So... Um, I want to show you, if you haven't seen it, I want to show you the building and the expansion that it's all about the Beyond Project. And so we'll look at the physical building and pay attention to all the things that will be happening in and through it. It's kind of interesting. And then we'll talk about the spiritual ramifications of the physical uh, extension. So uh, check this out. This is a flyover video. At the Father's house, we are always looking for ways that God would have us to expand, to make room, room for more kids and youth ministries, Room for more families to get planted in the house. Room for more people to encounter the presence of God. Room for more people who are far from God to find life in Christ. As our Vacaville campus grows, we are ready to take the next step toward completing our master plan and have begun planning our next building. This new space will provide a beautiful outdoor covered plaza, a new 500-seat auditorium where we can more effectively reach our middle school students by creating their own worship experience during our weekend services, a space where the School of Ministry, Celebrate Recovery, and more can meet and have room to grow. There will be additional classrooms for Discover and New Believers classes to expand into. We're excited for an oversized lobby connecting to our current auditorium, as well as creating a space with an indoor-outdoor coffee shop that becomes a third place for our community and church alike. The coffee shop will be open throughout the week and quickly become one of the best places to work, have meetings, and connect, including a nearby play area for kids. We will continue to move beyond being just a church in the city, but a church for the city in a new way. We're excited to announce our new campaign, Beyond. God's not done, so we're not done. Exciting stuff, right? And we'll be talking about the ministries and the impact that that's going to have. I don't know if you saw it, though. There is a roundabout that uh, you can drop people off right underneath the covered awning. So for all you ladies that are walking in through the rain from the South 40, you're going to be blessed because now you can say, hon, just drop me off. Thank you. Now go park the car. I'll meet you inside. So it, it's going to be it's going to be a great facility. And let me read you a key verse about why we're moving beyond where we are right now. And I want you to get this in your spirit. It's Ephesians 3, 
20 and 21. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Here's what it says. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or imagine, infinitely beyond. Can you read those two words with me? Infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. Stop right there. Infinitely beyond. Now, you ever read a verse of scripture and you just throw on the emergency brake and go, that's the too good to believe verse. Like when Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will do it for you. Carte blanche. You're like, really? Am I missing something here? This is one of those verses because he says he can do super abundantly more than you can dare ask or imagine. How many of you could ask and imagine some pretty big things of God? Anybody besides me? I mean, I got a vivid imagination. So like, really, how does this work? And so as you go to the next verse, there's a caveat, there's an operative phrase, and here's what it is. According to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. amen. So the, the operative phrase is according to his power that is at work within us. God wants to do some things in your life, in your marriage, in your business, in your finances, in your ministry, in your mind, in your spirit that are infinitely beyond anything you've asked or imagined. And I'll share a little bit of my story. But this building you're sitting in right now is infinitely beyond anything I could have asked or imagined 26 years ago. The, the Father's House Network and being in every prison in California, seeing thousands of people come to Christ and a conference where we had 75 churches show up from around the nation and several nations, infinitely beyond. But here's how God works. He says, if I can stretch you if I can shape you, if I can expand you on the inside, then I'm going to reveal some things that you've yet to even consider or imagine according to the working of the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. I want to do some big things. And the reason that we stretch, the reason that we will never get settled or content is because there's tens of thousands of people within a 20-minute drive of where you're sitting right now that desperately need what you experience every week. There's churches yet to be planted. There's missionaries yet to be sent. There's stories of redemption and healing yet to be told. And as long as we have breath and opportunity, we are all in to say, God, use us to the fullest in Jesus' name. Amen? Now, there's a phrase I want you to get, especially as we talk about raising a lot of money and a building program and people push back on that kind of stuff. But I need you to get this, church, especially if this is your home church. Come up on the screen. Buildings are not eternal, but what happens inside of them is. Can you read it with me? Buildings are not eternal, but what happens inside of them is. Why do we stretch? Why do we grow? Why do we give? Why do we sacrifice? Because there are stories that will never be told until we do that. And I want you to hear, this is Jaden's story, and he was high on the spectrum of autism and nonverbal and really needed a miracle in his life. And because of your generosity... Because we've made a place called Champions Club, uh, there's, a, there's a powerful story. Check this out. I remember there was this, this one point where... Um, and I can still see the picture in my head. And I would look at him in the eye and try to get him to look at me and say, Jaden, you know, give, you know, give me a hug or, you know, do you love mom? And, and it was like a blank stare. I was realizing that 
simple things like getting a hug or to just even think like, okay, he, he might not even acknowledge me as his mom. And then I, at one point too, I kind of I kind of gave up hope a little bit. I kind of stopped praying for it. I said, well, maybe maybe this isn't something God wants to to heal. When my friend um, told me about this church, and uh, when I saw the, this room, this Champions Club, I was just amazed at just everything that's here. Like. Um, it's like specifically designed for him and he gets to learn about God, you know, in his way. Um, just <laughs> him even, they even have like a worship for him there. Like they have music for him and um, they do like specific lessons plans for him. When Bill Johnson was here, my sister and I kind of both looked at each other and we're like, you know what, let's, let's go take Jaden up for prayer. And, and one of the ladies, she said a really simple prayer, like, you know, very shortly after, like, I, he started saying, like, words, and that was huge because before that, he wouldn't really speak. <laughs> he wouldn't do that before. Can you say hi? Goodbye. <laughs> Jaden, can you say Jesus? Jesus. Kiss? Kiss. Kiss, kiss. PBS kids. PBS kids. <laughs> I just want to say like a huge thank you. Like I'm, I'm so thankful, you know, for, for those who thought of me and Jaden and created a space for us to be here. And um, and I encourage, you know, everyone else, you know, um, to to do the same for for others as well. The the people that are going to be here in the future. Can I tell you what I see for him? You have this extra space, and you have all of this these extra resources to bring in more moms like you and more kiddos like Jaden. You know that he's loved here so he can be safe and be on the playground and be accepted and have a community of people who support him. God's not done, so we're not done. Come on, somebody. Don't you love that story? I mean, here's, here's a young boy that he was not speaking until a time of prayer in Champions Club. And it, it's the stories. It's why we do what we do. And I believe there's thousands more out there to be heard. And never forget this, that your sacrifice and your generosity is making a place for people who've yet to experience their miracle. You know, if, if we did a show of hands, probably be at least 50%, maybe more, that you came to faith or you came back to the Lord, or you found a healthy local church since we've been in this building in the last seven years, that would represent way more than 50% of us in the room. And I want you to consider that we are here meeting with God in the presence of God with a vibrant church and small groups and training and celebrate recovery and Financial Peace University and Champions Club and outreach and missions because people made a sacrifice for folks they'd never seen. I want you to think about it. When we moved into this building, we didn't need all these chairs because <laughs> you weren't here. But someone stretched and sacrificed knowing that there were some stories yet to be told. I'm just saying here we are again. God's getting ready to move beyond. So let me give you three keys. You know, I, I like three. It's a good number. Three days in, buried in the ground, resurrection, trinity. It's just solid. So I'll give me three points. But to, to help you live in the beyond. Now get this. 
life circumstances, your limitations, your lack of talent or money or time or resource cause us to live in a very predictable place many times. It's called a rut. We get up in the morning, we go to work, we drive the same route, we stop at the same stoplights, we get the coffee at the same place, we do the deal, you know, five days go by, we crash, we come to church, hopefully, thanks for coming, uh, and then we get up on Monday and we, we hit repeat. And I'm glad that you're gainfully employed and you've got a job. Keep going, by the way. All right. But that's not where God wants you to live. There is this abundantly beyond, but here's the problem. The abundantly beyond, you can't get there until you've tapped out of your resources. See, when you get beyond your finances or your ingenuity or your capacity, you're like, God, I'm exhausted. That's when the Holy Spirit steps in and says, all right, let me take you into something that's been above your pay grade the whole time. Let me show you what beyond looks like. And then his power works through us. So let me give you some keys about how to live in the beyond of God for your life personally. And then that's where we're going as a church in this season. And we'll look at the children of Israel as they came out of 40 years wandering around and that Sinai wilderness. I was just there, by the way. I'm like, how did you survive out here? It is a hot, desolate place. The Dead Sea is at one desperate chunk of real estate. But God says, enough is enough. I'm leading you in, and Joshua's going to lead the way. So we're going to pick it up here, Joshua chapter 1, to the Word of God. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people into the Israelites across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land I have given you. Now, God is saying, this is your time. It's time for change. It's time for you to step out. Who's ready to go? But then he said something four different times. He said, only be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Take courage and be... How many know when God tells you four times, be strong and courageous, you're getting ready to face some stuff that needs some strength and some courage. You want to pay attention, right? There's going to be enemies to defeat. There's going to be unknown areas that you've never walked into. But he says, now is your time to live beyond. But do you know very few people accept the invitation to live in the beyond? Because it's a faith stretch that causes us to feel inadequate and weak in our own strength. And guys, listen, we all love self-sufficiency. We all, in, in our fallen nature, we want to make sure we got our bases covered, our finances are handled, my life is planned out, it's going strong, I'm strong and I, I got this. But in God, even with your strength, Compared to what he has for you, we must reach this place of brokenness and weakness and realize, God, in order to cross this river in order to take that land, then I need some supernatural upgrade in my life to pull this one off. Amen? So we need his supernatural power, provision, imagination, sufficiency, his beauty, all that God is. And so here's what God says as they're going in Joshua chapter 3. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your position and follow them. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Now, the road beyond is a road that you're not familiar with. He says, you've never been this way before. 
Do you know when we opened up this building, I'll just use this reference because there's been several, but it was a place we'd never been this way before. We were simply trusting God. We didn't know about the prison church network. We didn't know about the influence we'd have in Jerusalem. And I just got back from Israel and met with several of the ministries that you guys support. And God's doing crazy stuff. But all of that was on the other side of crossing this river and stepping into a place that we never walked before. And that's what God has for your life. There is a beyond. There's a better version of all of us. It's called this walk of faith. Verse five, so Joshua told the people, consecrate or sanctify, those are synonymous in the original language, biblical words, you probably don't use them much day to day, but consecrate, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Everybody say, for tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now, we all want the amazing things. I want to see the amazing things of God. I want to see the financial miracles and the healings and man, just the, I want to see all the great stuff. But before you get to see the amazing things, there's something required of you. He says, I want you to consecrate yourself. I want you to sanctify. Now, here's what this word means. It means to set apart for an exclusive purpose. It means I take my life, my goals, my agenda, my time, my talent, my treasure, all my resources, and I set it aside and say, Lord, from this day forward. Now, I'm just preaching the Lordship of Christ. This is not some high-level executive club, Christ follower kind of membership detail here I'm giving you. This is basic discipleship. He walks up and he says, hey, you want to follow? Drop your nets. Follow me. Leave the tax booth. Follow me. There's a moment in our lives where God says, I need you to set yourself apart exclusively to do my will and to be my disciple. And in that moment, we position our lives for the beyond. So here's the first of three keys. You got to live fully available, live fully available to the Lord. One of the great frustrations and disillusionments of the Christian life is the partially surrendered life, the partially sanctified life. There's something that happens when we say, God, and, and by the way, you don't have to have a, a five-year plan for your life to do this. You don't have to have seminary degree or seniority in the church. You can bring your brokenness. You can bring your mess. He's not afraid of your sin or your failure. He's just looking for someone who live out Romans chapter 12, and it's this. Simply present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of service. And don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It all happens at an altar. An altar is a place in your life where you lay down your will, your agenda. And, you know, we're, we're Americans, right? We're westernized. We have some prosperity. You might not think you're prospering, but grading on a curve, you are in the top 2% of wage earners on the planet. People around the world in third world countries, they don't have garages. They put their cars in and on and on it goes. We are a very blessed people. But something about that prosperity and blessing is when God stretches us in the area of giving, that's an area where many people shut down. And so God says, I'm calling you to give yourself whatever that means to you. Now, I want to share a story and just get a bit vulnerable because this church started because Donna and I, my beautiful bride of 40 years plus, we were just in a place where we said, God, we're available. We don't know what you want to do with our future, but we're available. And let me just tell you, when we came to Vacaville, I was not in a healthy place spiritually. I've been through a church split. 
my mom and dad fell out of ministry after many years, and they divorced, and Donna's parents fell out of ministry, and we'd seen the ugly underbelly of the church. I had some bad experiences, and I was a little jaded and ticked off, and you know, I could have just put on my Hurt by the Church hoodie and just went and got a job and just said, I'm out, you know? I was right there, just like you. I mean, you and you. But yet, the kindness, the gentleness, the grace of God that looks beyond all you've walked through just drew me to a place one more time. Said, Dave, just present yourself. Just be available. Now, let me just tell you, we were a broken mess when we planted this church. Some of you are like, oh, I was the original member. <laughs> yeah, we were jacked. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look at the grace of God to keep and protect you, though. And so we, we got here to Vacaville, a Vacaville of all places. This was like the fast food headquarters of the West Coast. We just stopped at Vacaville on our way to Sacramento Airport. We lived down in Walnut Creek. And, you know, Vacaville, can any good thing come out of Vacaville? Obviously so, the father's house. But here we, here we were, and, and let me just, just tell you this little story. Um, I was seeking God at a church. A, fr- a friend of mine had a church in Fairfield. I'd go there, and I was on this extended fast. And then I started, um, we were meeting on a Monday night, right? This is how the church started. You guys have heard this story, many of you. But it was Donna, myself, and three couples, and we'd show up on Monday, and I'd play my guitar, and we'd worship. And God began to speak to us like, I want to do something here. I like, I want you to plant a church, which I was like, no, no, I'm not your guy. And Donna heard from God far before I did. Wives, that's the way it works many times. Just be patient with us. So she already had a yes in her spirit. And I would come out to this land out here. Now, before there was a Kaiser Hospital across the field, before there was a state fund insurance next door, uh, Genentech was just under construction. This was just a big, barren chunk of land out here with some dead-end roads. And they would put up these roadblocks. And how many of you know, if, know me? I'm a bit of a rule breaker. So I would go around the roadblocks and, and drive out in the fields, and there were some dirt roads. And I would park right out here on this land and seek the Lord, just desperate as could be. And let me just show you where my office was. Bring this up on the screen. This was my office in 1996. She's a beauty, isn't she? Yeah, she's lovely. In fact, this car is sitting out front, a replica of. It's right out here, and there's a story behind it because that's actually where the church started. So get this. I'm parked out in these fields right here. I'm walking around. I'm desperate for God. I'm like, God, I got no money. I got no clue. What do I do? I'm all your. And I came to a place where I said, God, if you want me to start a church, I don't know what that will look like, but I'm available. And, and I negotiated with the Lord, which I believe you can do at times. Consider uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham, who's able to negotiate. I said, Lord, by your grace, if I'm going to be a church planner, because I don't want to do that, uh, I don't want to be a lead pastor. I was a very reluctant leader. But if I do, give you my yes, then by your grace, I just want to do it one time. I want to plant a church once in my life. I want to be a lead pastor once. And if you'll grace me to do it, I promise I'll grow my roots deep and I'll stay there until my ministry days are over. 26 years in, I'm still around. So I guess we're we're working it out. But when I made that negotiation, now think think about the cosmic irony of this. The prophetic, just, it's overwhelming to me that I was walking around right out in here somewhere. I was parked over here. I was walking around, staring. At, and one day, I'm staring up at the Berryessa mountain range, just jumped out of my red cabriolet, and I'm praying. And as clear as I'm looking at you, God gave me an open vision. I won't go into great detail, but here's what it was. 
I saw waves lapping up against the mountains of Berryessa. Now, they weren't, they weren't scary, fearful, flood torrent waves like we're experiencing this last month or so. <laughs> Sorry about that. These were very gentle, and I knew in a moment what it was. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to fill this whole region with my glory. I will pour out my spirit. There will be a move of God. So that was 26 years plus while I'm standing in the field. Little did I know that the very land I was standing on would one day be a piece of ground that we were able to purchase, and now you're sitting in it. Isn't that amazing? Isn't God amazing? Now, and here's, here was the key. I didn't have it all together. And by the way, as long as you don't think this is Dave, oh, you're so uber spiritual and, you know, kind of the godfather of all who believe. No, I'm just telling you, here are the qualifications to be used by God. And by the way, I want you to know before I read this, I'm overqualified. I'm overqualified to be used by God. According to 1 Corinthians 1.27, look at this. God chose the foolish things... <laughs> of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So let's check it out. Foolish, weak, lowly, despised. Check. I'm your guy. Which means all of us are overqualified. All God is looking for is your availability. And so you'll be able to go out and read the story and walk around later. Next week, we're going to have prayer stations and all kinds of fun stuff out in the tent. And you get your hands around what we're doing and be able to pray around it. But listen, every one of us, we have a red Volkswagen moment in our lives. You got that moment. And if that's really all you got is, is a red VW, you do need prayer. But here's the thing. It's about your availability. Let me just ask you a personal question on a scale of one to ten. How available are you to the Lord right now? How, lo how available is your schedule? Do you commit to his house every weekend? Do you set aside a night to be together in community in a small group? How, how's he doing with your wallet? D does he own your finances? Or are you still like, you know, dual custody on that one? <laughs> I'm just letting that set on a few people for a minute. How are you doing with your talent? Are they buried somewhere or are you using your talent? How available is the totality of your life for the glory of the king? Because he will use you if you will make yourself fully available. Now, the second step is this, three ways to live in the beyond, is to step into the waters. There comes a moment where we simply step out and we invest and we raise money and we build buildings and we plant campuses and we do the work of God, but it, it requires faith to step into the water and take a faith stance. Look at this in chapter three. The Lord says, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. The priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And it was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the river bed was dry. Such an amazing story. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was carried on acacia poles that were covered in gold. And historians don't know if it was six priests or four priests. Either way, these, 
poles were fairly long because they stuck out beyond, um, beyond the curtains of the temporary uh, tent of meeting in Moses' tabernacle. And so I want you to get this visual. You got these priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which is the very presence and glory of God on their shoulders. And God says, I want you to go stand in the Jordan River. But if you think about the Jordan, we just baptized some folks a couple days ago in the Jordan. It was very fun baptizing some pastors. We had a great time. But it was very calm and still. But the Jordan was at flood stage when this took place. And so I want you to see some pictures. This is what the Jordan River looks like at flood stage. It happens very quickly. The, the, the rains and the, all the, the wash comes off the, the, the dry mountains, and that's what the Jordan turns into. And he says, I want you to go stand in the water at flood stage. Now, my mind works like this. On that day, you want to be the priest at the back of the bus. You want to be holding the pole at the, at the short end. Think about the poor guy walking down in, because it says this. The water was cut off at Zarethan, all right? The water stops as soon as the priest, the one in the front, touches his feet into the water. But Zarethan is 32 kilometers or 20 miles away. So while the whole river is draining 20 miles worth of water, these priests are standing there in faith. This is what's required of you and of me and of this church to live in the beyond. You've got to be willing to stand in faith, invest your finances, step out, do whatever God says, but the results... The consecrate yourself today because tomorrow I'm going to do some amazing things. There's a gap between stepping in and when you see the amazing things of God. So back to my story. Got my red Volkswagen. Gave God my yes. He said, okay, let's go. Told my little team of eight people, here's what we're going to do. But we had no sending church. This was before the group that I work with, ARC, even existed. So there was no funding for church plants. I didn't have a team. I had a red Volkswagen. And I had an insurance policy. I had a whole life insurance policy that I'd been working on for about 10 or 11 years. And I was a part of a stable church. I had a steady income. So I was setting aside for my retirement. In my mid-30s now, I'm doing this stuff. And I knew that in order to step into this water, the only resource, the only funding I had for this new church was my insurance policy. And I'm just sharing this and being candid so you guys know how this works. So I got it, and after penalties and all that, it was $42,000 and some change. Now, that was a lot more money back in 96, but it's still not a lot of money when you're trying to plan a church. And so with my $42,000 and the ark on my shoulder and God's yes in my spirit, I stepped into the water. Now, when you step into the water, that's when the resistance comes. There's rocks. There's water pushing you over. There's doubt. There's hecklers on the banks going, you're going to die, bro. You're going down, Dave. You know, we started this church. I had people that loved me said, Dave's not going to make it. Seriously, from the church I left. Served him diligently for 10 years. This is a therapy session now. I just felt this crossover line. Come on, group hug. They're like, yeah, Dave, he's a, he's a great worship leader, but he's not a lead pastor. And they warned people not to be a part of what we were planting because we'd be going down resistance. Guess what happened? We started renting equipment and buying equipment and checking out renting uh, Brownsville Elementary School and getting all we needed and kids' toys and oh, all the stuff you need to plant a church. And my $42,000 just began to, to drain down. And I'm standing in the water and I haven't seen the salvation of God yet. But I found out something very important that has stuck with me. This is a pattern with God and his people. 
He always has you go stand in the water, give what you have, and wait for the miracle to come through. And there's a gap between the promise and the fulfillment. There's a gap between the miracle moment until all the water passes by. And I'm just challenging you to stand with us for this next season. Now, we got 26 years of a pretty good track record of coming in. So it's a pretty safe investment, okay? Let me just say that. But personalizing it. What is it in your life where God says, for some of you, it's just simply that thing of tithing, of, of trusting God with, with the first tenth, getting your feet in the water and you hear all the heckling voices saying, oh, this, was, this is stupid, this doesn't work and you're gonna go broke and you can't afford this. But yet when you stand in the water and sure enough, man, we started seeing God come through. I had lunch with this guy down in Walnut Creek and a good friend and he was asking me, he goes, Dave, what are you doing with your life? And I'm like, I'm up in this place called Vacaville. I think I'm going to start a church. He goes, really? What are you going to call it? I said, I don't know, but I've been reading this verse where the prodigal son gets up out of the ditch. He comes to his senses and he says, I think I'll go to my father's house. Even his servants have food enough to eat. And so he gets up and while he's a long ways off, the father sees him coming. And we had this holy moment in this cafe and uh, I think it was called Bridges because uh, Miss Doubtfire was filmed there in Walnut Creek. That's how I remember it. But. So we're sitting there at Bridges having a sandwich and Holy Spirit's moving. Now I got the name for the church. He goes, well, what are you waiting for? I go, I don't know. Gets out his checkbook, writes me a $1,000 check, slides it across the table. Goes, get going. So now I have $43,000. <laughs> I'm a church plan baller at this point. You know, but the money started running out and the stretch came. But this is the way to live in the beyond. The key is this, is God calling you into it? Is God calling our church into the next, this next season? What if, let me just stretch your mind a little bit. Right now, Oregon and Arizona are inquiring churches are saying, how can we get the prison church network in our state? And the template that we've built and the machine that's in place where we're in every prison, airing at prime time every day of the week with in May 11 live campuses. Guess, guess what, guys? This will work in every state in America. What, what if God used your generosity and our tenacity to begin to bring ministry, the prison church network, in, in several other states in America? Now, you, you might be thinking, well, Dave, that's, that's great. And I love you. You know, you get all pumped up about that stuff. But I'm just trying to figure out how to pay my rent or heal my marriage, or, you know, you, you got problems, right? We, all God's children got some problems. Here's what I found out, though. When I'm concerned about the master's agenda, when I invest to accomplish what he's doing, all these other things, he says, you don't even need to ask. I know you need a place to live. I know you need food to eat, clothes to wear. All these things will be provided. But you, you seek first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? It's the rule of the king manifested in the earth. And it looks like churches and campuses and outreach and missions giving and supporting Israel and prison church network. The kingdom has a manifestation. He says, seek the king and his kingdom. I got you covered on all the rest, but we got to be willing to stand in the water and face some resistance. And being I'm way off my notes and fairly vulnerable here. Let me just share The worst resistance for me and I've seen it now for a long time, so I know it's coming, 
is every time we stretched out in faith and bought this land or raised 10 million to build this building or you know all the things we've done over the years or spent a bunch of money to get a new campus for Napa, there's always people in the church that have concerns. And they wanna tell me how, Dave, you're leading the church into a very volatile place. I had a guy, we're getting ready to build this building that came to me, a leader in the house, and said, Dave, you're leading the father's house down a road that's gonna cause it to collapse. This is not God, you haven't heard from God. And it hurt. I like people. I don't want people to leave. I want you to stick around. But that's part of the resistance. Part of the resistance comes through people. Part of the resistance you'll have in your life when you stretch out to do God's will is from relatives and close friends that oppose what God is saying to you. Let me ask you a question. Are you willing to stand in the water with the presence of God no matter what people say because you've heard from heaven and you want to live in the beyond? Well, I'm just convinced. I'm going to keep stretching and growing and giving and doing ministry until Jesus comes back. And I'm going to invite you to come with me. It's a great ride. It's a great journey. Be a part of it. Let's have the band come up and we'll close with this last point. Number three, you got to move with the community God is leading. Move with the community that God is leading all together and all in. Joshua 3.17. The priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on what? Dry ground. Now the water has passed by. There's dry ground. The miracle's in play. While all Israel passed by until, look at this, the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Lean in, guys. God works in community. This is how he works. So the success of the house becomes your portion. The financial blessing on the house becomes your portion. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit that God has brought and is bringing to the Father's house, but you gotta stay in community. And if this is your home church, I just want to ask you, if I'm your pastor, would you get all in on this? Your vocabulary, your faith, pray with us, lean in. And, and by the way, we're not, this is not about how much money you can give, because some of you have already gone there. It's not about that at all. Here's what it's about. You simply praying and say, God, I'm available. And here's the question. What do you want to do through me? If you're available and you ask that question, the Holy, you guys are mature believers. God will speak to you. And then you'll just do what he says and we'll have an overwhelming victory. But don't, don't dumb this thing down to a fundraiser in a church just trying to expand with more real estate. No, we're actually building the kingdom and there's a generation of young people rising up right now. Now, I'm getting into next week's content. By the way, show up every week because we're going to build on this. I'm pumped about this. Every weekend while you guys are sitting here having church, we're going to have a 500-seat auditorium for middle schoolers, led by high schoolers and middle schoolers, preaching, leading worship, and having a move of God right next door. We're going to clear up 300 spots in our kids' ministry that are going to be transferring over from building B and C, letting our kids' ministry and Champions Club grow. But I'm so pumped that we actually get to sow into and prepare for a move of God for our next generation. It's a great investment. But I want us to be all in. All the community crossed over. Just a word of warning. Don't be those that lag behind. Those that lag behind when the pillar began to move, when the fire of God began to move, the cloud by day and the fire by night. It says that those who lagged behind were taken out by the Amalekites and the parasites and all the ites, right? Don't lag behind. 
break that off your life. Be a man or a woman of faith and say, I believe in what God's doing here. I trust the leadership of the house. Come on, somebody. They got a time-tested, proven track record. We are all in. I love you. You are definitely all in. Now, let me close with, with this thought. On a personal note, we'll pray. Are you all in with your journey with Jesus? And I'm talking to Christ followers and those on the fence for our final minute here. There might be some people in the room that you come to church and you say, yeah, I, I, I'm not there. My finances, my time, my heart, my future, on an altar, no, no, no. But there's a draw. You feel this call of the Holy Spirit saying, son, daughter, come on, I want all of you. And if you need to make that decision today, maybe you're living on the fence or just kind of partially in, or maybe you've never fully surrendered to Jesus. His Spirit is calling you, saying, come on home, trust me with your life. Trust me with your future. I would invite you today to be an all-in believer and see what God will do. It will be above and beyond all you can ask or imagine. Amen. For more information on our church and other teaching resources, log on to our website at tfh.org or call our office at 707-455-7790.